0: and welcome to episode 671 of long box heroes the lamborghini of comic book podcast joe and todd here todd hello how are you
1: i'm doing good feeling energetic don't know why All i'm right. not gonna try to wiggle and do stuff but uh i'm ready to talk about comics and stuff
0: is it because you maybe before we started recording had a delicious refreshing silver and red or black and red can of a Diet or Coke Zero?
1: No, I would never unless I was forced to drink that. <laughs> There's a Pepsi house all the way. Mm-hmm. Not a see, sponsor of the show.
0: See how that works out for you back and anyone who supports Pepsi. I'm sure that'll be it.
1: Mm-hmm. A... If anybody wants to know what happened in the doll chat? send my... No, no,
0: no, no no, 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 no. Nothing. No no, anything <laughs> is discussed there. Nothing.
1: <laughs> no, no, No video captures whatsoever.
0: Ah, no! you left the group or you muted it or something i don't know
1: something yeah
0: or something i don't know uh but we yeah. uh it's a, a lot of off-air discussion but it was just like minutia, minutia. Yeah, you didn't yeah, miss anything
1: definitely definitely subject change
0: uh let's get in the show this week uh big creator shift uh from marvel to dc uh but how permanent is it and that's what we're gonna post okay. some questions on and uh, my sleuthing paid off, but really, what sort of payoff is it? <laughs> uh, conventions this weekend, uh, far and few between. We have what we've read from this past week, which would be Night Terrors number three and Enfield Gang Masseter- Massacre number one. What we're looking forward to coming out this week. We do have an installment of Todd's Art Attack, and it's a reminder for todd's favorite time of year hmm. eight here then i'm legally obligated to mention it later in the show until uh, we
1: and, both forget it
0: well i have a special tab open for it just in case i hope oh, i okay. don't accidentally I, close the tab
1: i don't drink tab either just so wow. you know
0: I, I think that was co- anyway um And then, of course, we have the latest installment of Todd and Joe Have Issues, where we'll be discussing chapters three and four of The Kindly Ones encased in Sandman issue 59 and 60. Yes. All right. So I mentioned last week, doing my sniffing around on a fast food Twitter, um, that there looked to be something going on with McDonald's and the low-key thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So it turns out it just launched uh, this week, and it's a new meal. It's a new something that McDonald's is doing called the As Featured In Meal. Right. So essentially what it is, it ties into um, a bunch of the different movie and TV products over – The last like 30 or 40 years where McDonald's plays a primary role in the movie. Okay, Mm -hmm. now the meal itself is as generic as generic gets. And they did this. They do this more often. I think they get a little bit more luck when they do the generic meals as opposed to like and I get I, I don't know who the music artist is. But his nickname is Cactus Jack, not the real Cactus Jack, but a different Cactus Jack,
1: right? Cactus Jack done right. Go ahead. You no.
0: Know, where his, like, it's like, oh, I want the Cactus Jack meal. And you go there, and the Cactus Jack meal is a very specific thing. It's like this burger with these toppings, this drink, and this sauce, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where, like, when they did the Grimace meal, it's like, oh, well, you can get the Grimace shake. Or you can get Grimace's birthday meal. And Grimace's birthday meal is like one of three different things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, uh, you know, large drink, large fry, and a Big Mac, or a 10-piece, or a quarter pounder, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, the low-key meal, or the as-featured-in meal, is very similar to the Grimace's birthday meal, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The only difference is, is that you get a specially branded thing of sweet and sour sauce... That has low-key branding on it.
1: Rick and Morty all over again.
0: Well, it's not It's not like a special Szechuan sauce. It's just their normal sweet and sour sauce. But it just has low-key branding on it. Whatever. And when you scan it on Snapchat, oh. it gives you a weekly sneak preview of the upcoming low-key TV show. Because apparently there's a bit in the upcoming low key TV show where, where a lot of the different variants meet up is a specially designated McDonald's restaurant.
1: I gotcha. Okay. That's all, that's all more than I needed to know.
0: Well, I got Uh, one more bit for you. Oh, go ahead. Like they did with several Burger Kings for into the spy or across the spider verse where they like themed them to be like, you know, the look of the movie. There's one McDonald's that they're flipping over in New York somewhere Mm -hmm. on August 30th to look like the McDonald's that's in Loki season two.
1: I'm shocked it's not in Dixon City or (laughs) Wilkes-Barre.
0: I'm shocked that they're only doing one.
1: Well, didn't they just do what what was it when they did the Spider-Verse?
0: Well, that's what I just said. The Burger Kings—they did like just the outside facade look right, like the, the Spider Verse. But they
1: didn't do a bunch. They said they had a bunch of them though, didn't they? There was like less than ten. Right, and once again, shock—not in either of our areas, but right. So, but
0: with the with this particular McDonald's, they're doing both the inside and outside facade to make it look like an eighties uh, McDonald's.
1: If like, they don't do the ashtrays, then it then I won't believe it.
0: Now, see, I was going to say, if they don't do the old school beef tallow grease fries. Oh or the, the pies. <laughs> they still have the pies at McDonald's, right? But they're not deep fried. They never. Todd, I don't think they deep fried the pies for like 40 years.
1: I don't know. I think they deep fried the pies in the eighties.
0: Well, again, that would have been 40 years ago. Again, you forget that we're old, but when I worked at McDonald's, like 93, 94, 95, the, the pies were baked, not fried.
1: Right, but I remember them when they were deep fried. So that's all I want. I want them back.
0: All right. I think you could still take if you work if you get a job at McDonald's, you could take a pie and throw it in the deep fryer, but I, you have to fish it out yourself. They don't have oh,
1: like, ow, the, yeah. they,
0: they, they don't have the special things for them, right? Right. But all that being said, it's so interesting to see a Marvel property like this do such a direct tie-in with McDonald's. Not to say that you know, Marvel, Disney, McDonald's, whatever, but to have it be like a a key plot point or location in an upcoming series, be a McDonald's.
1: When did tie-ins become a business show?
0: Um, well, there's an argument out there that the first Happy Meal tie-in was for the Star Trek motion picture. Ah, okay. Um, but again, the the records going back to the late
1: 70s are spotty at best but. spotty at best yes. so now do we have to get this meal nah just because it's exactly that's where i'm going if it's all just a meal like let's just say it's a quarter pounder with with fries and whatever and it has sweet and sour sauce which is just their branded sweet and sour sauce this isn't a special deal i can go get this now but yeah. it wouldn't have the Loki, uh, what do you call it, when you clicked? Uh, when you clicked
0: no, it does. It, it when it, it, it started Monday.
1: Oh, okay. But you get what I'm saying, though. It, yeah. And it'll taste the same after Loki's over, and it'll taste the same before the thing started, because it's just their sauce. It's not like the thing sauce, which was right. special, Joe. And you don't know how special. Ugh.
0: <laughs> just just leave the sweet and sour sauce out in the sun and that's the thing sauce, right? That's right, that's the secret sauce. See the the thing for the 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 deal breaker for me was Snapchat, you
1: know? I don't need Oh, uh, do. listen, I just joined Discord, begrudgingly kicking and screaming, and yes. now I have to download a Snapchatter? No thank you. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Well, again, hopefully um, you are near that New York McDonald's and go there and kind of relive the 80s and get Todd some ashtrays and steal me <laughs> s- steal me some of the beef tallow uh, Look, I, cooking grease. I don't want
1: to, to to stay on this, but I used to love the metal. You know the little tin ashtrays that they did have the yeah. on the bottom? Nothing made me feel stronger as a kid <laughs> than to grab one of those and crumple it in my hands. Not – like- kids version of the beer can on the head my dad
0: was a plumber pipe fitter what have you you know the
1: son of a plumber
0: i am the son of a I'm i'm the son of a plumber and i'm the son of the. i'm the son of a son of a plumber oh my goodness because i'm i'm more entitled to the legacy than other people that claim it but anyway god i didn't want to be an actor anyway you brought it up todd you brought it up um so my dad would have, like, all sorts of, like, supplies and stuff, and there was a bunch of, like, um, not copper pipe, but there was, like, some sort of other pipe that was down there that he needed for a job. Uh-oh. And us as dumb little kids went down there, like, oh, this is, like, soft pipe, and we bent them all up.
1: <laughs>
0: but it was one of those stories that, like, we were, v- like, we, me and my brother, who were the oldest, were very young at the time. We could not have been more than five, right? Mm -hmm. So when we went down there and did that and like, you know, we got in trouble or whatever, but it was a memorable story in the family. So when Asa was little, like a baby, like less than two, my dad went and got some of that pipe from a job, and he's like, "Let's see if Ace is as strong as you guys were when you were little, you know." And Ace thought it was like cute because he was a baby and he's bending metal pipes, you know.
1: Yeah, and just for the record, the 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 metal the t- the aluminum ashtrays go for five bucks a piece Ooh. on eBay, but the old timey glass ashtrays they're asking like hundred and seventy five dollars on eBay for glass McDonald's ashtrays from back in the day.
0: No, thank you. Okay. Um, that'll just that'll just encourage my smoking habit. Mm-hmm. But the actual big news that we have here is Um it was announced uh on his Substack whatever that Jason Aaron, along with artist Doug Mankey, is going to be doing a Batman story this November at DC, Batman Off World, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a whole big long thing that he puts up there, you know, it's a different sort of Batman story, you know, year one, so it's kind of like out of the normal continuity, but Jason Aaron in the discussion in the announcement says, seem the right way to finally make my proper debut as a DC writer. Now, again, he's done stuff at DC, he did like one penguin story and you could split hairs and say like, like scalped Vertigo is technically a DC book, right?
1: I w- if he was going to split hairs, I would say the scalp isn't. Because okay, it's not the DC proper universe. I get you, but, but that Penguin book—that's a—that's his first, first foray into DC books,
0: right? And the fact that it's just one—you right. know—I guess you could say, okay, this is like doing a Batman book, um, but it's leading a lot of people to believe that like
1: he's done at Marvel and he's going to be full-time DC now. I don't know if he's done full-time, because he could just, they could have got the itch, you know, to do a Batman mini, and he that's what he's doing.
0: Or maybe, like, his exclusive at Marvel is up. Right. Because I, I don't think he currently has anything going on right now at Marvel. Like, Avengers wrapped up, like, two, three months ago, right. and that was the last thing that he had. And I think he did, like, a one-shot just to kind of wrap up, like, whatever couldn't wrap up with the new team coming on, you know?
1: Right. And I'm of the mind, we've had this talk at the comic shop with various people, is Jason Aaron's pretty much done everything at Marvel. Yeah. Like, the only books that I could see him not having done was Fantastic Four, because Fantastic Four was on the back burner while he was doing all his stuff, and then that came back. So if he maybe wanted to do that, but, you know, and maybe, did he ever do a run of Spider-Man? He did a...
0: It was a mini series called "Astonishing Wolverine and Spider Man Team Up."
1: Right, that doesn't count to me. It doesn't count,
0: but it kind of counts. It was more of a Wolverine book when he was doing X stuff, but he had like a he had like I would say the definitive of the last like fifteen years Thor run. Yes. Um, You know, you could split hairs, but he had a very lengthy, world-shaping run on the X-Books. Yes. And he had a very lengthy run on the Avengers.
1: Yep. So, and in there, he's probably written everybody maybe that he wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, have them guest star. Like I said, it's pretty much... Fantastic Four, and then I don't know what else would keep him there because they would have gave him anything he wanted. Yeah. So I think this is, like, his backdoor pilot into DC to see, you know what I mean, what's going to happen. Not saying he won't go back and do something to Marvel, but a lot of guys after that long of a time, it's like, I want to go try something else. And Batman is, like, that is the one of the two books, for like the other one at Marvel being, like, Spider-Man and stuff like that is – you know, you want to come here? We'll give you a bat something, you know? Right. So. so
0: that is, and then, you know, obviously I'll mention, you know, he had the solo Wolverine book and he had a Ghost Rider book and he had multiple Punisher books and everything else like that, right? mm mm-hmm. um, This Batman book, one-shot, miniseries, whatever it is, um, and he says that I'll be over here working... On Even more new projects And again over here More projects right Mm -hmm. What's the dream Jason Aaron book you want him to do at DC Jonah Hex Okay Okay Right what book do you want him to do I don't know Um like Jason Aaron's one of those guys that I think he could do Anything Right but I think if they were to take it seriously, and they wanted to tie it into whatever the movie stuff coming in, uh, and you want to boost up like both ends of whatever you're doing, a Jason Aaron Creature Commando's book? That would be
1: really good.
0: Okay. Or a Jason Aaron Justice League Dark book.
1: That's a possibility, yes. And and habits, and
0: I, I, know, like. Well, I haven't read Justice League, and I know in the main Justice League book, like technically the Justice League Dark people were the Justice League. You continue, like you don't call it Justice League Dark, but it's those dark type characters doing Justice Leaguey stuff, right? Or you just let Jason Aaron pick a team book where he gets to pick his seven favorite DC characters and write that.
1: Yeah, he could do do anything. I could, I would say the ship is sailed on Blue Beetle. You know, yeah, no reason to do that book. Um, but yeah, like something coming up in one of the, the projects that that they're having. Obviously, as we said, Kyle Starks has been elected to Peacemaker. Otherwise, I'd say he'd be a good fit for that. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. Maybe uh, a, su- a Suicide Squad book would be perfect for him.
0: Now, I was thinking the same thing, but I was like, okay, well, if Kyle Starks is doing Peacemaker and Peacemaker's wrapping up in two issues... I'm sure Kyle Starks has got a P, uh, Suicide Squad pitch in him, right?
1: Yeah, or at least a Peacemaker 2. at least a Peacemaker... Well, Peacemaker 2 is Suicide Squad. Right, Peacemaker tries even harder. Yeah. If that's not the title for the second mini, I don't know what we're doing here.
0: I I think my mind would go to, like, a much longer, like, unwieldy title, like the hashtags I think of. Right, of course. It would be right. like peacemaker tries harder yet again but somehow fails
1: even more spectacularly than he did before no it's just the peacemaker tries even harder perfect done but anyway jason aaron
0: so jason aaron november the first bat book we'll see what he'll be doing at dc and we'll see if he has anything else left at marvel but jason
1: aaron's one of those guys like i buy stuff you know i was just gonna ask if we were talking about list stuff before we started is this going on your list Pff, come on now
0: uh november you never- yeah november solicitations aren't officially out you know i think they're gonna start rolling out within the In next like week, day or two half, yeah yeah um yeah probably like another week because it's a five week month it's a five like wednesday month yeah. so it'll be next and if week. they
1: tease that then definitely they're ready with the previews to put them out you know what i mean
0: yeah uh, but yeah, Jason Aaron, sign me up, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't need much more uh, to get me in the door. Uh, speaking of getting you in the door, this weekend, light week for conventions. Um, obviously, there's a lot more pop culture themed conventions that are going on, and I could certainly like list the highlights and stuff for those. Uh, but, you know, as long as it's, like, comic book folks primarily, then I think we kind of lean toward that a little bit more. Right. Um, that's why, like, I think Steel City Comic or Steel City Con has fallen off because there's like no comic book people there at all anymore. Right. Uh, But this weekend in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, is the Plastic City Comic Con. Uh, The comic book folks of note that are there are Larry Stroman and Paul Pelletier, who was actually in our neck of the woods this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm so mad we didn't go to that one, Joe. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I went to Knobles instead. Listen mm-hmm. to that adventure on uh, After Dark this week. And Ron Rudat is going to be there. And Todd, I'm going to I know you're going to ask me, "Who? Ron Who Ron du- U- Rudat? Who is Ron Rudat? Ron du- Rudat. Um Ron Rudat is an illustrator primarily for toy lines. Oh. He did a lot of the later era GI or uh, Master of the Universe figures, but most notably, he did the designs for all of the Hasbro WWF figures.
1: Oh, so you're going?
0: No, but that's like a huge get because a lot of his stuff is a lot of his stuff was designed late '80s, early '90s when the toy line design died. So he did designs for like a jeff Jarrett and a bastion booger and a macho man and a this and a that and then the line failed so those designs never got used but with all the boutique niche toy lines that have come up they all reached out to ron rudat and they're like hey you got those old drawings laying around for the figure that was supposed to come out 30 years ago and never did and he's like i absolutely do So they're just going on those designs for figures that never came out, but he did, like, the full, you know, like, the full whatever, like, sketches for.
1: Right, the the mock-ups. Yeah, so they look
0: exactly like the line from the late 80s, early 90s. So, like, and it's just one of those things, like, that's the first time I see Ron Rudat's name come up as, like, a a guest at, like, a comic book convention. So I'm like, that's notable. We're going to mention that, right?
1: Collect that check, Ron Rudat.
0: Yeah, milk all those uh, toy boys for all you can.
1: God. And nobody likes being milked more than a toy boy. Uh-uh.
0: So, uh, of course, the link to the convention uh, information will be in the show notes, along with information about the soon-to-be-named network at soon to be com, soon to be com. Anytime any of the shows go live, uh, of course, you can certainly find them on their own individual feeds, through your podcatcher, through their websites, but... The one stop shop for everything is soon to be named network.com. And that includes shows such as this that you're listening to right now Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, At Odds with Wrestling, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling pa- Place, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Wings on Wings, Hiya Bussy, and Keep Your Eyes Peeled for the preseason kickoff of No Chance in Helmet.
1: Uh, we're, we're working on it, I guess. All right. I mean, Marcus is chopping at the bit to do this. So. I
0: know. Oh boy. Um. Anyway, he don't listen to the show. Right. Um. But soon to be dot com, soon to be namednetwork dot com, and be sure to check out some of our other friends and stuff that they're up to in and around the world of the internet. Uh, go check out our friend Mark Sterling's blog at progressiveruin.com. dot com go check out our friend Kevin's blog at mastlibrary.com Go check out Rick Williams' The Chop Shop at free Uh Jason Sandberg and Chris Runt, two longtime listeners of us, both have self-published comic books. Chris Runt has Battle Monsters, where you can go pick up at his website, fortressofcomicnews.com. Jason Sandberg off of a very successful Indiegogo campaign, where you can still order Jupiter Number 1 through there. Uh, our good friend Dave of the band Cave People and artist Rose Sovia have their own self-published comic that you can get at keepercomic.bigcartel.com and if you do not have a comic book store in your area or you do not have a good comic book store in your area let our store be your store comics on the green i have the facebook page linked up uh let you know when all the new releases have come in, Tuesdays and Wednesdays of course stuff comes in, when all the newest and hottest pre-release stuff comes in, and those final order cutoff dates so you don't miss out on the hottest and greatest new books and of course every time that Dave comes across a collection of Silver Age treasures, he does an extensive uh, picture collage of all of those, so be jealous. Yep. Uh, you can sign up for the mail order subscription service. You can get your books mailed to you weekly, biweekly, or monthly. And if you do, there's a chance you can get a sketch on the package from our good friend Becky. And you can go check out her sketches, her process, and uh, all the uh, internet sleuthing that she's up to on her social medias as well.
1: <laughs> you beat me to it. That She has her detective hat on. She's very busy, but she still finds the time to do those sketches.
0: That's right. We were sharing a detective hat last week. Oh. uh so let's get into what we uh read from this past week todd where would you like to begin
1: Uh, i'm gonna start with the book i was looking forward to most which i also believe you read which is called the enfield gang massacre number one written by chris condone and uh art by jacob phillips um It starts out, you know, in 1906 and it's this fair and they're telling the guys, you know, telling all the, the, you know, not the the rubes or the marks, but normal people come in and I'll tell you the story of the uh, Enfield uh, massacre uh, gang. And it it just basically starts out with Enfield robbing, uh, his name is Montgomery Enfield, uh, robbing this bank in 1875. And it's funny because he's talking with the bank guy whose name is, uh, I believe, Billy Barley. And he's, you know, like, you keep coming here, this and that. And the, this is probably the favorite, my favorite part of the, the book is him talking with the banker. And he's like, oh, they're going to get you. He's like, I've been here three times and I'll be back again. And, you know, and basically the banker's like screaming and he rides off. Um, and through, the, situ- through the, the, the issue, we find out that the Enfield gang aren't like terrible people. They're just trying to make a living. But, you know, they're robbing doing it. Um, But they're thinking about giving it up. Um, And while all this is going on in a town meeting, you know, everybody's complaining because it's constant, like, you know, mayhem that there should be more law and uh, a retired U.S. Marshal kind of, kind of chimes up and they're like, well, you know, this is bad out here. Well, do you want to be the sheriff? And he's like, no, I'm out here to retire. And that's when they get the word that someone has murdered uh, Billy Bartley Barley, I'm sorry, Billy Barley, and so naturally it leads to who everybody would think it would be because he had the last run with them, and this sets off the hunt for, you know, the gang and stuff like that, and uh, I I really enjoyed this. I like the art in it. The coloring was great for, like, the Old West look, which is different from the coloring they use from, you know, the 1906, like, you know, fair discussing it. Um of course I am a sucker for this kind of stuff, but uh yeah, just, just kind of scratch that itch for a, a Western that I want. But it's more low-key Western. It's not like, you know, shootouts in the at high noon in the street. You know what I mean? If you're looking if you're thinking that's what it is.
0: Yeah, so the part that, you know, I, I I like the framing device and it's a six issue mini-series, so we're getting the bit up front where it's like, oh, here's this traveling thing, and you know, I'm gonna tell you a real tale of the old West. So that's setting the stage for you're going to get a little bit more of the dirty, more of the seedy underbelly than, you know, what you would get from like a Billy the Kid or a John Wayne thing, even though it's like 1906 or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You mentioned about the bit with the gang and their back and forth with the bank teller, which was like, what did you say? It was like a weekly or a monthly routine that they did?
1: Yep, yep, monthly.
0: So the, folk, the part that I focus more on in this issue was the meeting of the townsfolk. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about the sheriff. He's kind of dragging his feet. And then you get the Texas Ranger guy that comes in. And I will say, I definitely think that the Texas Ranger that was in there was intentionally modeled to
1: look like Sam Elliott. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, I didn't get to that, but yes. If they ever do a movie, Sam Elliott is the, the guy. Yeah, it was,
0: it, like I said, it feels very intentional to set things up that way. And, and he's the one that comes in and is like... No, no, listen, I, I, you know, we really kind of, he, because he's an essentially an outsider, he's not part of the little town, Mm -hmm. so he's going to come in, and he's going to really bring the Enfield gang to, to justice, and that's where you mentioned, of course, you know, that's where the story kind of actually begins. So it's weird that the part that I enjoyed the most out of this book was, like, the bureaucracy part, right? of the townsfolk, and the mayor, and the sheriff, and everyone else, not so much as passing the buck but more or less like, what are you going to do about this? And then everybody passing the buck,
1: Right. And yes. And I do love the politician, politicianing at like the highest magnitude, just like saying double speak and everything. And I'm with you. That's really fun. And I know, you know, I, I, we, I didn't mention it and you didn't mention it either, but the, uh, the paper quality is definitely different than other comics. So it has an old pulpy like feel. It's not, as like glossy even though like they don't a lot of people don't use the glossy paper i would say this is the most like like 80s paper that you would remember you know what i mean and i just love to feel it in my hands reading an old west uh uh tale
0: yeah and again i i did a digital version of this you know obviously for um you know sanctity's sake you know it wasn't on my list or whatever it was a surprise uh, book but uh, i i enjoyed it like definitely not my kind of westerny thing but i i did enjoy it
1: good i'm glad
0: uh so the book uh i think we both read that i was more so looking forward to uh was night terrors number 3 written by Joshua Williamson uh primary art done by Giuseppe Camoncoli mm-hmm um, we get you know again, we get some new folks added into our baby face side, as you will. Right. Uh, where Damien uh, joins up with our intrepid adventurers of Dead man and Wesley Dodd Sandman, who is just a zombie, of course. Um, we get that the, it, it, so um well, what's it, or the the villain uh, I just have insomnia. Insomnia is still looking for the nightmare stone and the reason everyone is asleep because he thinks that it has been hidden in someone one of the heroes or some person's dreams and that's why everyone has been put to sleep mm-hmm. and we find out that maybe it's not that maybe it's in the in between the sleep and the uh, the sleep and the awake a place called the hollow right mm-hmm. And while Damien and Deadman and Wesley Dodds are adventuring there, that's when we get a little bit more of Insomnia's origin laid out to us. Right. Um, We get mentions of the House of Mystery and the House of Secrets and the House of Horrors as well. Right. Something new. Something new. And and that's they're adding a lot of new stuff to really make me think that there's going to be a bigger Sandman presence in this because, you know, you had, you know, you had Dr. Destiny, you had the Dreamstone, you got Wesley Dodds, you got all this stuff, man, and now you're mentioning the different houses that I so so bad want Sandman to show up.
1: Well, there is a Sandman in
0: here. Get him treading lightly here. I want Sandman to show up. I want the one from... The Vertigo comics to show up, you know.
1: Right. Well, it could happen. Right. Though, oh. uh, are you done? I don't want to. I was gonna say. So, I, I got one last
0: nitpick. Um, but other than that, I'm enjoying the adventure. We got two more issues left on this. It's a you know, it's a four issue miniseries, and then we get our like you know, because there was like the one big book to start it, the four issue miniseries, and there'll be the one big book to end it. You know.
1: Right. An alpha and omega. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, basically, I'm just going to touch on your Sandman thing. Um, do I think he's showing up? I'm going to go with no. I honestly think this is, like, everything. Like, it's called the awake and the asleep or whatever you said. They didn't call it the dreaming or they coulda. Or they, you know, they mention the House of Secrets and the House of Mystery, but they don't show them. They're like, hey, you like the House of Secrets and you like the House of Mystery. How about the House of Horrors? You like that, too? Um And how about this? We have over this a nightmare stone. It's like the dream stone, but it's different. I just feel like it's as you do the, the, the joke all the time, it's all Sandman stuff with the, with the serial numbers filed off. And I think that's to give you a feeling of nostalgia. Yeah. But I don't think we're ever t- like we're touching on. I say if he, if Sandman shows up at the end of this, uh, it's like they did it in secret and Neil Gaiman is writing all of that in Sandman's dialogue, but I don't see that happening. So that being said, I'm just going to talk about what I liked about the book. I like everything you said, but the thing I liked the most is, and I'm not the mashup action figure guy with the suit that dead man slash Batman takes in the sleeping world is yeah. fantastic. And then the, the revelation, of what Deadman has been lying about his entire like time as Deadman, um, and like maybe his creation. I'm like, that's horrific, and I would lie about that too. But I absolutely am enjoying this like these issues, and I'm looking forward to issue four and the end and see how they all wrap this up, and maybe Sandman will show up. Who knows?
0: So, um, I know you said my thing with like you know it's like oh the thing you like with with the f- serial numbers filed off. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of so like, hey, you like Sandman, you like the stones, well, we're going to introduce, like, here's these two stones, we're going to introduce a third stone. Mm -hmm. You like these two houses, we're going to introduce a third house. Then, when the story is over, we're never going to mention the other two stones again, we're never going to mention the other two houses again. And now we've used those things to establish the, our new thing and we're just gonna go forward with the new things.
1: That could be, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're getting over using the old stuff, and now it's like, well, we never have to cut Neil a check again. So Right.
0: Um, um we'll s- And my my other thing and my only little nitpick is we get a little bit um with uh what's the 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 sleepless nights, right? Right. There's a couple times, to- and that's Insomnia's army of people that are coming after Dead Man and the crew and everything else like that, right? So there's a couple times in this issue where the sleepless nights look very similar or just similar enough to the mind flares from Stranger Things. Okay. And it's not like intention I don't think it's intentional. I don't think it's like a big thing. It's just like when they're, like, in the panel coming at someone, like, our heroes in the foreground and they're in the background. And I'm like, okay, we could have maybe done a little bit something different so they don't look so much like the much more popular thing.
1: I'll take your word for it.
0: Yeah, that's a nitpick for me. Right. Just the one. But I'm enjoying the book. I like it very much. I recommend it. Yep. Uh, So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is, you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is currently in the lead over me. I'm currently in the lead over Todd, excuse me, with four correct guesses. You said it. I'm in the lead. No. I'm in the lead with four correct guesses. Okay. Todd has a much more slender read of a list than I do. I'm going to guess the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Night Terror Superman number two.
1: It is not Night Terror Superman number two. All right. It is Batman, Superman, World's Finest. The 17th time Batman and Superman have met for the first time. Okay. I'm a sucker for those stories, Joe.
0: Ryan's and it's
1: Mark Wade, so it should be pretty good.
0: Well, they've all been Mark Wade, And I, I, I guess there was a big thing, uh, and again, we'll mention him again later, but uh, Mark Cole had pointed out to me, listening to the show, friend of the show, go check out his po- uh, podcast and stuff, Odessa Steps. But he pointed out this whole big thing that happens in this issue, and obviously I know the DC book's coming out on Tuesday, but we got them on Wednesday. Um, but there's um, – there's, it's a Riddler story. And it's the Riddler doing a riddle in Kryptonian. And Mark Wade, like, that's like his sort of wheelhouse sort of stuff, like any sort of crazy Superman deep lore.
1: Right. He knows Clark Kent's social security number. Like, right. what more do you need? <laughs>
0: right. Uh, so, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to that one, too.
1: But, is but that's book- not the
0: one I'm most looking forward to.
1: Um, is the book you're looking forward to most? I know it's not Penguin Zero. Um, is it Night Terror's Superman number two? It is not. Uh, um, what is it?
0: The book I'm most looking forward to coming out this week is Daredevil 14. Ooh. It's the end of Chip Zdarsky's run on the book.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, I've really been enjoying his run on this. Um, I would put it in the, you know, the top, not like, you know, I still love... The Bendis run, even though it falls apart a little bit. I love the Brubaker run, the Mark Wade run. But again, of like the last 40 years, to have a top five run, maybe even top four run on Daredevil, that's that's a pretty good place to be in, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, But I really enjoyed it. They took some really big risks with the book. And, you know, we've talked before. With uh, Daredevil stories, a lot of times a writer will kind of foul things up severely for Daredevil Mm -hmm. and then leave the book and kind of leave it in the hands of whoever the next writer coming in is to fix it or make heads or tails of it. So I'm interested to see what Chip is going to do, because Chip is pretty much a madman. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: right. Not as mad as some other creators, but mad, yes.
0: No, no. And then Todd did mention Penguin Number Zero, and I just want to throw that out there. Uh, Todd wised me up that the Penguin number zero that's coming out this week is the reprint of second features from earlier in Chip Zdarsky's run of setting up how Penguin got to where he's going to be in issue, issue one, which comes out next week.
1: Right. To so find out how he looks like the Penguin from the Batman movie recently.
0: <laughs> Essentially, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's it's more like it, there's no new material in it. Right. Um, I'm still gonna pick it up because if I decide to stick with the book, I want like all the penguin stories in one spot, you know?
1: Right. No, I get it.
0: Yeah. I'm glad. I Unless it's like it. a seven dollar book, and then I'm like, no, I'll pass on a seven
1: dollar book. I think it's an eighteen dollar. No, I don't know. I have oh, no, idea. don't do that to me.
0: Um. So before we get into the show closing stuff, of course, um. Want to mention Todd's art attack, and we did have a Todd's art attack this week. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, Mark Cole sent in my pal China, who does Blue Monday, needed to raise some funds, and I ended up with a page from the Painted Moon miniseries. And it's just, it's like I don't know much about the Painted Moon uh, mm-hmm. book, but it's two people just having cocoa or coffee or something, sitting on like opposite chairs talking, and it's very, you know uh animated in their facial expressions and stuff like that it has a you know uh a, an anime look um and you know just sometimes your best you know stuff you have to definitely bring your a-game for you know people talking and they that china definitely did that right
0: and that's uh china klugson um who you know uh blue monday is probably the f- thing that she's most famous for she's done a lot of other stuff uh in and around the world of comics Uh, I really like this page, and again, this is not a knock on China's work. I'm not familiar with it, obviously, as much as Mark is. But uh, very Paul Dini, very, um, and again, I feel so bad that I'm forgetting the name of the creator. He had passed away. He did um, DC New Frontier. My book. Darwin Cook. Very Darwin Cook, and obviously I know she has a very uh, American manga-inspired style, Mm -hmm. Um, but I get a lot of the feel of that from this, Um, but obviously, usually you're going to see a more manga style, at least the primary manga stuff is more action-y and stuff, but there is a lot of manga and anime out there, which is just a lot of people talking and dealing with their feelings and so on and so forth, and the fact that this is a page and it looks like it's on page-sized boards, but it's because you can tell it's an independent comic because it doesn't have, like, the Marvel or DC markings on it. Right. Um, but it's definitely an independent artist trying to ape that look and style and feel, which I think is really cool right. as well. Gotcha. Uh, but that's a really cool uh, piece. I'm glad you were able to help China out there by making the purchase for her, and uh, thanks for sharing that piece. If you've recently purchased a page or original art, uh had something commissioned, went to a convention or otherwise, be sure to tag Todd's Art Attack on that and uh we'll share it with the world, you know? Right. Yeah. And also before we get into Todd and Joy of issues, it is that time of year again to start doing your pig skin pick'ems.
1: Ooh. Uh
0: I don't know how many years we've been doing this. I think if I do my Gazintas, this is our eighth year of doing
1: this. Ah, it feels like like only two, you know?
0: Yes. Uh, But it's the pinned post right up at the front at Longbox Heroes. Uh, The football season starts in just a little under three weeks. Uh, So there is plenty of time to sign up. Um, You know, the instructions are there on how to do so. If you've done it before, it's very easy to get right back into it. And we've already got a ton of folks.
1: Yep. Uh, We actually have in the group... Uh, 18 people as of right now, I want to at least double that. All right. I mean, and I know a lot of our fellow hosts on this network haven't uh, signed up yet. So maybe there's a discord and, or a doll chat. We can do that in
0: for sure. Um, We'll push it again there and we'll push it every week here. We always like to see who's doing well in the standings. Um, I'll make sure to put it in the notes to remind myself going forward. And at the end of the season, um, if I have beaten you, and you were an actual real football fan, you are no longer allowed to be a football fan. Um, right. My picks are my picks are already in for the entire season, and I'm never <laughs> looking at those games or teams again.
1: Wow, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I I. Re, I I respect it. Begrudgingly, I respect mm-hmm. it, Joe.
0: And listen, I will say, and I you know, in the past, past years, I would have it with my son when he was a baby and a toddler and everything else. And then when he got sick and tired of it, you know, I had to take over myself. It doesn't have an option where, like, I feel lucky and just let it do the picks for you. Like there I have been, miss
1: those. I, I really miss do. that,
0: too. Um, but I go with my friends. I'm like, oh, I have friends that like the Eagles, and I have friends that like the Chiefs, and I have friends that like uh the Giants or whomever right and, and Todd, if you're going by my picks i got the I got the Raiders going undefeated
1: this year. I haven't made my official pick for the Raiders record this year right as i as I have done in previous years. I don't know if I'm gonna save that for a uh a discord like exclusive or I'm gonna release it on Twitter, but shortly before this season starts on the third, the one Thursday night game, I will announce what I feel the Raiders official record will be this year.
0: Yes. I have a feeling I know what it'll be, um, <laughs> but be sure to sign up. It's fun. You know, whether you're a football fan or not like me, um, it's just <laughs> fun to see, uh, you know, other people in the network, other listeners of these shows and, you know, how you line up with them, you know? Right. Uh, so that being said, It's time to get into Todd and Joe Have Issues, as this year we are doing a full reread of Neil Gaiman's Sandman, but not just the 75 issues, of course. We're hitting the miniseries, we're hitting the one-shots, we're hitting the short stories, uh, we're hitting things printed on the side of statue boxes. And right now we are in the biggest story of them all, and that is The Kindly Ones. Uh, And we're going to be talking about issues 59 and 60, which are parts 3 and 4 of Sandman.
1: Right. Written by Neil Gaiman, as always, art by Mark Hempel. Uh, the issue starts out with two people building a fire, tugging on a silver cord. Um, and as we draw, like, they're d- debating whether the fires will be big enough. And we end up realizing that it is Robin Goodfellow, the fairy, and also Loki um, from previous issues. And they're saying, like, we have to build the fire bigger, or else we'll be in a world of hurt just like and then Loki proceeds to tell this hysterical story that I cannot repeat on this show. Um, uh, l- let's just say it's a fun rib that he played on Thor. Yes, so that's as far as I'll go. Um, and uh, Robin Goodfellow ad finds it absolutely hysterical and they're like, okay, drag in what would you know have the on the silver cord And it turns out that it's Daniel. Um and they bring him in and he has a little phoenix feather and he's like, "Oh, that's that's definitely a phoenix feather and nice young man, onto the fire you go." And they end up throwing Daniel onto the the fire. Um cut to, you know, someone in a cemetery and it turns out to be uh Hob Galding. Um and he's ended up talking to someone who he loved who has passed away and with all things Hob Um, I love I won't go into all of it, but him discussing like regret, like because he's immortal and and everything like that. It's really touching and very like, you know, tugs at the heartstring and him talking about um, basically I can't remember the way you smelled is the thing that stuck with me again. He's like, hey, I tried to tell you many times. Just don't die. And nobody nobody listens to me. Hopefully someday someone will. And in the end, he's just like, I wish I could remember the way you smelled. And I'm like, that's just heartbreaking.
0: So I want to th- throw in here, um, you know, he mentions that the person, Audrey, had just passed away two days ago. Mm-hmm. And he mentions that he's 600 and something years old. Right. He can't he- keep it straight. Okay. So him not being able to keep straight how old he is, him already forgetting two days later how the person in this iteration of his life you know what reminded him of what reminded you know him of her is already starting to slip away in my old age it's time whatever in my old age today that this is kind of even the man who cannot die is starting to fade a little right yeah
1: and, and as I an thought older that was man, like very kind of, yeah yep. yeah sorry and as an older man I can kind of understand it there are parts of my life and people now granted you know I haven't lived as long but I miss them and I can't remember certain things about them like how they sound you know what I mean like yeah. very like it resonates yes um, but he basically leaves the cemetery and, and and Morpheus is waiting for him and they go to a pub and uh while this is going on, they, they interject that other things are going on and we basically see some of the other endless destiny runs into a version of himself in the garden, his own garden that he's shook by that desire basically shuts off her whole realm. Uh, despair notices that, um, and then we cut to delirium, one of my personal favorites and she's, you know, doing all delirium type things and then realizes, you know, I did all this. It would be nice, uh, a nice, Dog would be a nice thing to have. And she's like, wait a minute. I did have a dog that her brother gave her and he's missing. So she kind of like kind of wanders off. Probably going to go looking for him. Um, So we cut back to Hob and Sandman, you know, having a discussion about the last time they met, you know, which was just before uh, he went to hell to get his helm back. I like that Morpheus is playing with the Corinthian skull like he's pondering it. You know what I mean? And we found out that Hobbs' wife or this, this woman this time was hit by a car and he's mad about it. And he basically says, can you go back in time and say, it? he's like, no, I can't do any of these things. He's like, well, what can you do? He's like, I can make you dream of her every night, but I don't think you'd like that. And no, you wouldn't. And he goes, well, what do you want? He goes, make the guy remember, you know, or at least know what she was. Cause then we don't, it was hit and run. And he's like, revenge is not a good, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, thing to deal in. And he goes, but I've done it. And, uh, I'm leaving. And he's like, but wait a minute, you just got here. Is there something wrong? He's like, no, there's nothing wrong. This is when Hob realized. He's like, listen, I've been around long enough. I can smell death. He's like, when you're around long enough, you could. it's just on people. And he goes, I could smell it on you. Take care of yourself. And there's a shot. Mark Apple does a beautiful shot of Morpheus in the snow, standing there, just like staring him down. And he's like, thank you, Hob. I shall." And, Joe, is that a hint of a smile on his face?
0: That's as much as a smile you're going to get out of Morpheus, you know, but still a smile,
1: you know? Yep. And, you know, like he's changed, because even when he talked to Hob, he's asking him how he's doing. You know what I mean? Which is very strange for Morpheus. Anyway. um, Right. So
0: I'll say this again. More of the story being told here. Hob Galding lives to be 630 to 50 years old. Can't remember the smell of the person he loved who passed two days ago, but the one thing that he can never forget or ignore is the smell of death. Yeah. Somebody who has seen a lot of it over his 600 plus years.
1: Mm-hmm. So now we cut to Lida, who's not at the top of her game, Joe. Um... And she's just having, like, she, like she, she's outside herself, kind of. Th- like, everything that's going on, she's explaining that she can kind of hear it going on around her. So she's kind of not in her right mind. She's thinking about the guy who tried to give Daniel a flower. She's like, maybe I should tell the cops about him. And then, like, Eric, the guy who wanted to give her a job, shows up. And we were she was right about him, that she's just putting the moves on her. And he she ends up... um Hurting him, you know, in a in a drastic way because she's strong. Um, they take him to the hospital. Then Carla shows up, and they have it out. And I like the fact that a lot of the times the stuff you're seeing on the panel isn't what's in her head, if that makes any sense. Like she's talking about Carla, and they have a discussion about things, but it's obviously a fight by the art, you know what I mean? Which is really cool. And then like she kinds of leaves, she kind of leaves, and then she's basically like, I have to be strong for Daniel and there's a knock on the door and it's the two cops, uh, that were on the case. And they basically tell her that we found a body and it's all burned. Um, and you know, like we think this is your son. She's like, you know, okay, thanks. Lee, like leave now. And this is like, we could see the art changing. It's like her eyes are getting like sunken in in the, the lines and everything. And she's just basically snapping, and she starts flashing back to when she was pregnant with Daniel and Sandman told her, like, watch that kid because I'm coming back for it. Then the moment where he, like, came to visit Daniel as a baby, and he's like, you know, and she's just like, oh, my God, I must be strong for Daniel. Um, and then she starts hearing some voices in her head, like what she must do. I'm like, I wonder who these people could be, Joe. And then in the end, she says, I know what I exactly I must do. And that maniac face kind of scares me, Joe.
0: Now, did I miss you
1: mentioning the, the two detectives show up? Yeah, and they say that the body is burned. And she's like, Oh. Okay. Well no,
0: she's like, I want to see the picture.
1: Right. I'm sorry, S- yes.
0: Okay, so she handles that poorly, right? And they seen earlier where robin goodfellow and loki throw daniel on the fire okay right and then we come to the end of this here where we have the actual photography of the body of the child being burned right mm-hmm. i think we're going to find out more about these detectives in the next issue
1: i think we are joe
0: okay so yes We get flashbacks to actual images, actual dialogue, kind of redrawn in the style for this book. Uh, Even though there is that one page, uh, or the one panel on that last page, you know, obviously the insane look on um, Lyta, but where you have Morpheus touching baby Daniel on the head, okay? Mm hmm. I feel as though that is Mark Hempel doing his best to draw a Kelly Jones-esque Morpheus.
1: Oh, without a doubt, man. Yes. Even without
0: though I don't think that was a Kelly Jones issue that that moment took place in, but I just so get that vibe.
1: Wasn't that a... Okay, so the, the two issues with her pregnant, that's from Doll's House. So that's Dredgenberg. But... Her coming, Him coming to see the baby, that was him. Wasn't that him before he went to hell? He went to see Hob and then he went to see the baby? So that would definitely be a Kelly Jones drawing. So he's definitely aping him. Or am okay. I misrepresenting what you said?
0: I don't think Kelly Jones was on the book that far into the run.
1: Okay. But
0: I would have to double check.
1: Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying it was before he went the Key to Hell story, the Seasons of Mists. That was all Kelly Jones. That's when he went to see the baby. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm not going to dwell on it.
0: Right, right. Um, so moving into issue 60.
1: Right. Once again, same creative team. Um, uh, I can't think, uh, Who? what's the guy's, what's the angel's name? Uh, Remiel shows up at Lux and the woman with the half face, I always forget her name, meets him and he's like, can I see your boss? Which is Lucifer and they have a long discussion um and he's basically lucifer's just like you know talking down to remiel the whole time and he's like um you know oh and you've come here and basically you know maybe take that terrible place have you ever thought about take you know maybe you'll take this the, the key back and blah 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 and he's like uh, that's what I think you're here for. And Remiel just like sucks it up and he's like, well, have you ever thought about, and he just laughs in his face and then puts his boot to Remiel. He's like, I, it, when it happened, did you like whine like a baby, which is all true. And he goes, and I bet Dumas took the key. He has a backbone out of the two And I love the fact that he's 100% right. And that totally, uh, totally like ticks off Remiel. And he spits in Lucifer's face and he's like, just so you know, I may have abdicated my realm. I didn't give up any of my power. If I wanted to, I could blink you out of existence. I'm still, like, maybe the third most powerful being in the universe. Um, so good luck with that. Get out of here. And Remiel goes back to Dumas, and he's like, uh, basically, um, he made me so angry. And if you want to deal with him, you go talk to him, which is funny because Duma, uh, uh, Dumas has given a vow of... Uh, uh what do you call it when you don't silence. Talk? silence he's um so that's just a nice nod um now we see Lida, who's you know once again crazy okay. I'm not going to go to go ahead
0: well no i was going to say so we get that page spread of Lida, and you see she's walking between two worlds right mm-hmm. some would say that maybe if we're going to go to uh nights uh uh what was it uh, dark, uh night terrors Right. That she's walking between the, 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 the waking world and the dreaming world. That she's in the hollow, right? Oh, she could be, Joe. But that's not what she's doing. She's going crazy.
1: hmm And she's talking to people. And as we go, we realize, like, whatever she's seeing is kind of you know, with what's going on in the real world, but it's, it's, it's not like she talks to this one lady and each time she's like, I'm going to see the Furies and they're like, don't call them that. They That's bad. They don't like that. And they're like, oh, basically what, uh, what should I call them? And she's like, oh, but you can call them the kind ladies or the kindly ones as it, as it kind of goes on. And it's just like, she sees a cyclops and that's a stop sign. And she sees a cat talking and it's a, you know, an actual cat. So it's oh, kind I of so- it-
0: Sure. I, I just want to throw in there, so um, so the cat is very much, I guess, supposed to be Bast, who we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, the and again, we don't really read the dialogue, but even though Lyda is slipping in and out of reality, um, everyone who is very helpful to her, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, do you want to come with me, kitty cat? And then the cat, you know, looks like Bast, not sure if it is Bast, um, you know, tells Light of what her plan is. Unfortunately, she cannot join Light on her quest. And it's like one of those like old timey fables or fairy tales or whatever it is. And it's such a good bit where she's like, oh, I'm going to go to the ogre who, you know, lives in that castle. And he's I'm going to wager the silver collar uh, around my neck. And I'm going to say that he can turn into, you know, I'm going to name three things that he can't turn into. And the third thing will be a mouse and then I'm going to eat him. And Lida, even though she's going crazy, says, but don't they ever learn? And Bass says they can't. They're part of the story, just as I am.
1: Right. And I do like anytime someone says they're sorry to hear about her son, he keeps saying his name was Daniel. Yes. Which is a, a very interesting nod. But I'm just gonna say I don't believe that's Bass in any way, shape, or form. That's a old tale, and Bass never had an eye patch. Okay. So I just think that's what she's seeing and remembering the old fable or whatever. Um, so now, of all people, pop up is Rose Walker, um, and she's having a you know a dream, a very uh, uh, personal dream. And there's a knock on the door, and it's Carla from upstairs, who's Lightest friend, who was you know there talking with the cops the other day, and we find out that the person who was the babysitter was actually rose walker and there's like a whole bunch of things she's like did the cops ever talk to you and she's like no he's like well they you know they wanted a statement kind of a deal um and you know that seems weird they should have contacted you and she ends up mentioning that she had a fight with lida which you know we saw in the the things last issue um and we kind of get uh, a rundown of like how Lyda's and uh, not Lyta, uh Rose is very young looking because she thought she was super super young. She's like I'm 25 or 26. Um, I'm trying to think uh, what else here as I'm going.
0: Yeah, uh, but so uh, so you were mentioned about the cops that you know we saw from um, what would have been 57 that showed up Pinkerton and whatever. They're the ones that brought the picture of the burned up Daniel. To Lyda, that caused her to go crazy. Rose, they told Lida that they got a statement from the babysitter. Rose is saying they never came and talked to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, as they're conversating and making small talk, um, you know, Rose is making sure that she's throwing in her videotapes because she's taping different TV shows for a project that she's doing, um, you know, copies of Roseanne and Bewitched and Adam's Family and all sorts of things. And they they come upon a TV show, and it looks like Montel Williams, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the person that's on there is Vixen, I can't say her last name. Right. And uh, (laughs) Rose just says, I've seen Vixen's act. I'm not a friend. I'm not a fan.
1: Right. More on that later, I'm sure. Yeah, I completely, I've glanced over that. But yes, um, that's very important. Um, so now, you know, light is still kind of, uh, you know, crazy. And she kind of ends up talking to these people Ooh. who are
0: one last thing. Yes. Um, and again,
1: I feel so bad. I forget, um, the friend's name, Carla. She has a card that has the car was like, I have a card from the detectives. Yes. Right. And I should call them because they never got your statement. Something weird's going on. And the card has no phone number on it. Doesn't have any...
0: nothing on it. It's blank.
1: Right. Um, And she's like, well, uh, if Lyda shows up, call me. She's like, I just hope she hasn't done anything stupid. So she ends up meeting these two old ladies who I first thought were Rose's friends.
0: Yes, uh, the spider ladies. I think they are supposed to emulate or make us think that's who they are, as we are seeing a lot of doll's house stuff in Mm -hmm. these issues.
1: Right, but which is weird because they're kind of... The names of, if you know Greek mythology, you kind of know who they are by their names. You know what I mean? But I don't think it's it's very important. They're hinting at they want someone to be the third part of three people. So it's to me, it's all like we're talking about the three witches, but we're not talking about the three witches, which are the three witches, the the the, 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 the kindly ones, the furies. You know what I mean? But. Uh, like she's eating apples and snakes are talking to her. There's a lot of stuff that I don't really understand other than the fact that light is kind of losing her mind. Um, so we cut back to Morpheus and he's playing. He now he goes and gets the original Corinthian skull. Cause I thought it was the original, but he had the new one and we end up seeing him opening the trunk that has all the stuff in there that we remember from before the watch, the demons, the you know the the ramadan the city uh from that um and he's just staring at the corinthian skull um cut to mervin pumpkinhead who should be played by mark hamill and only mark hamill um just you know talking bad about morpheus and of course morpheus does his best batman and sneaks up on him but him discussing like the weather like what's up with morpheus now that the weather is sideways and everybody's like, Morpheus seems fine. But they're like, it's only when he's in a bad mood that the weather goes hinky. So something is wrong. Um, and he's talking about uh, Morpheus. And he shows up, like I said. And somebody says, like, oh, don't be too hard on him. And he's like, because he kind of be, can be so offensive. And then he says, it's always been the prerogative of children and half-wits to point out that the emperor has no clothes. But the half-wit remains the half-wit, and the emperor remains the emperor, which is a a super great line. And then um, he goes, and he ends up making, finally, he ends up taking the skull and puts it in the Corinthian and says, now, like, mush them together, didn't he? The two skulls, and he gets one. Right,
0: because that's that's what I wanted to go back to, was because we saw in the uh, two issues ago where he was crafting the new... Mm -hmm. corinthian right right and he was you know uh, morpheus is waxing poetic about how he's supposed to be humanity's dark mirror and everything else like that and he's been walking around with that one skull and that's what i was going to ask you are we to believe and i think that's what the panels are because we get no dialogue that he takes the old skull from the previous corinthian that went awry and merges it with the one that he had been working on previously
1: that's totally what i get from this but like i said the whole time i thought that was the old corinthian skull that he had walking around with but we find out it's the new one and then what you said
0: and then he goes to the beach and there's the stormy waters he asks raven or he asks matthew and um uh lucian to accompany him and he creates a new corinthian and that's how this issue ends
1: Right? yeah and him doing the lowered glasses thing, which is an homage to like one of the times we saw him in the you know the first time we met him, so cool. Mark Temple doing some heavy lifting like doing like like aping the art in a good way, you know what I mean because yes. he's supposed to get that feeling from the past issues. So
0: obviously this is the biggest chapter. We got the biggest bits up front, right? Mm-hmm. in those first two issues not to say that we did not get important stuff in these two issues right but obviously at this point if you were to just to say i'm going to pick up Samuel at issue 60 or issue 61 nope this wheel is rolling and if you try to hop on now you are going to be lost right yep.
1: this truck is going downhill with no brakes
0: yes um you are going to be seeing a lot of people that you have not seen in this book in 30 issues, <laughs> 40 issues, reference to inside stories. And it, it's the the chickens are coming home to roost. Everything is culminating in this storyline.
1: It's almost like the ravens are coming home to roost.
0: Yes. Um, but I, again, rereading this again, I'm loving it, seeing the pieces and, you know, obviously we're talking about it. We just read this, um, the detectives aren't who they seem. It seems Never. as though whoever is moving these machinations into place, whoever is the, the, uh, whoever is the chess master, the dungeon master, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use Is using a lot of players and a lot of pieces from the book, comic, Sandman's past and storyline because everything is all intertwined. And this is the storyline where we see all of those strings together. And even we had from that first issue when the kindly ones themselves are knitting the sweater or they're talking about, or they're knitting whatever it is. And they're talking about. Yeah, right. And they're talking about stories ending and everything else like that. We don't get it in the beginning of issue 60, but we get it in the beginning of issue 59 when Robin and Goodfellas and Loki are telling their story and they're going to put baby Daniel on on the flame. Right. Mm -hmm. We see the string going across a couple of those first panels. Now, granted, it's the string of them dragging Daniel into the
1: room and it's silver
0: and it's silver, and it's really supposed to make you think that all... Like, it's supposed to remind you that all of this stuff is connected.
1: Yep. Yep. And like I said, it just because the meat of this is like Lyda going crazy, and I'm like, oh, there's a lot to unpack here. But I feel that's the one nitpick that I may have, is the craziness of Lyda is overwhelming. It feels like I should have a, a PhD in Greek mythology, and this would all be more... Un, like w- palatable you know what I mean but- so
0: at least for the last part is of you know they, they get into it in the previous issue Alida, Hi- uh Hippolyta you know Greek mythology they just say it um and again listen we're talking about a 30 plus year old story you're reading it or you're not reading it they're
1: medusas right yeah they're at least the gorgons right because like their sister was the Medusa Right, so that's really all you need to know.
0: You want a little bit more, obviously. You're going to get a little bit more flavor out of this, but I think just the fact that you know that that's all connecting into whatever history is inside Lyda as her descent into madness continues, and it's all because whoever's behind this all took her son. Yep. And she thinks it's Morpheus.
1: His name is Daniel, Joe.
0: His name is Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) And Morpheus did himself no favors by being so cryptic with the two times that he, uh, this is one of those things where, um, it's very much of a sitcom or, you know, a a narrative film where in your second act, your lead characters have a disagreement or a misunderstanding Mm -hmm. that very easily could have been resolved. If one person was just clear in their thoughts, Right. Um, But then then if they're not clear in their thoughts, then we don't have our third act. We don't have our narrative. We don't have our conflict. So it has to happen. But that's the part that kind of separates it from the real world. And that, you know, some of us, hopefully when we could see a situation like this, obviously what's happening in this book is a little bit different than, you know, your normal day to day trials and Mm tribulations. If you just be like, okay, wait a minute, I need a moment to pause. Let me attempt to clearly state what's going on in my mind. Or I'm going to ask you for a little bit of clarity before I completely fly off the handle.
1: I have a completely different attitude on that. Okay. But because of where we are in the story, I cannot say anything. Okay. I don't know if you get my gist. You know what I mean? Um. Okay. I feel like... Even if everything was completely clear to Lida, we would have gotten here anyway. Because even in the last panel, like the last panel of the first issue, 59, someone's tweaking Lida to go, like the voices she's, sometimes they're fake voices from cats she sees on the streets. There's a couple other voices that I 100% feel are someone steering the ship. And it wouldn't have mattered because of, whatever happened to daniel being burned she was gonna snap like he could have explained i would never do your son harm blah 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 i'm doing all this for this if he had said like if that was the case or maybe your, you know what i mean like you son your kid it doesn't matter said, all bets are off your
0: son is destined for greater things right but just and then maybe was, tell her what those greater things are right doesn't matter does okay. not matter and then, maybe, while all this is going on with Lida, if Morpheus wasn't so distracted, he could have and distracted of his own doing. Let me put that out there. I was just going to say. He didn't have to be making a new Corinthian. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to be letting uh, uh, the fairy girl out of her contract, right?
1: Right. But if this...
0: If Morpheus was less distracted, and once Daniel was absconded with, he could have stepped in.
1: True, true. But this maybe said. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Let me, no, go ahead. But let me maybe
0: there's th- another plan that's going on.
1: Oh, there are. Uh, well, there's. Okay, when <laughs> Kindly Ones is over, we're gonna have a special episode. Oh.
0: Or because we know we get to that, and maybe we'll start recording an hour early so we have enough time.
1: How about that? Right. Because when, when Kindly Ones is over, <laughs> there are many ways that I want to, like, like discuss this. Yeah, Like, whose fault it is. You know what I mean? I know whose fault it is. It's very I clear know whose, whose fault, whose fault it, it, is. it is. Right? Yep. But anyway.
0: Alright, so uh, hey, uh, so next week what do we got?
1: 61 and 62? Yep, it, it's pretty easy, like I think, till the end of Sandman now.
0: Yeah, so if I'm looking at this here we don't hit any stumbling blocks right, until we hit issue 75, and then everything else after that is one-shots, mini-series short stories, that sort of thing.
1: Right, and then in the mini yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Right, right. Um, Last but not least, uh, Blue Beetle comes out this weekend. Are you going to see it?
1: I'm going to try. I'm going to try and find somebody to go. I know DJ and Brett got their early uh, screening tickets, and Brett's mad. Or not Brett. DJ's mad at Josh because he has his Blue Beetle popcorn thing. That's my Blue
0: Beetle popcorn thing.
1: What do you mean your Blue Beetle popcorn thing? That's mine. I wanted it. Right, but he's like – Because he was like, oh, I'm going, I'm going to the early show and I'm going to try to get the popcorn bucket. And we're like, they're all sold out. And I don't remember if he knew or not. And we're like, well, don't worry about it because, you know, you could still buy them online just like Joe did. And that's why, well, you said it's your popcorn bucket because Josh was like, oh, Todd, do you want my popcorn bucket? The Blue Beetle one that I have in hand right now? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I thought there was a divine intervention that I wasn't getting one. And I said, well, is it clean? Like, did you get popcorn in it? And he goes, no, when you buy it. They give you popcorn in a separate bucket so you don't get it all messy and stuff. He said two pieces fell in. I said, we'll take some money off it. <laughs> 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 take $2 a buck for each piece of popcorn. And he's like, well, we'll discuss. He get, he said, I'll give you it at cost. He goes, because I don't think you're going to flip it. And that's when we're like, flip it. You can still buy them on the Cinemark website. I'm yeah. like. But this is in hand, and I'll take it. He goes, well, I'm not going to let you take it sight unseen. I'll bring it as long as it, you, know, you feel that it's good. You hand me the money, and I'll take it. I said, all right, next week. So I'm going to buy it. And then that made me want to ask you, you bought one online,
0: right? Right. So, again, I told the story on uh, At Odds. Obviously, not everyone listens to that. I, I, In my mind, I have three different list, three very distinct listenerships to the three different podcasts that I do. Mm-hmm. So we got the word last week from our good friend Josh uh, that even though the movie does not come out until this weekend, the local Cinemark in our area was selling them in advance. So I'm like, I'm going up that way. I mentioned to Todd. I'm like, hey, I could swing by and see if they have them. And if they have them, I'll grab one for you and I'll grab one for me and we'll be good to go, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, okay, I had a bunch of things to do up that way anyway. So I stopped at the Cinemark, and Todd's concern was, like, If this was on the air, I don't know.
1: No, it wasn't, but go ahead.
0: Todd's concern was like, well, you know, the way it's set up is you need to get a ticket to get past that part to get in where the concessions are. And I'm like, Todd, I'm me. I'll just walk through. You know what I mean? Who's going to say something to me, right?
1: Right. And you're the guy who puts chicken planks in your pocket. I'm
0: the guy who walks in with a bag of Wendy's and a drink from outside. And I'm just like, I'm here to see the movie. And they're just like, whatever, pal. Keep going. (laughs) Hey,
1: 14-year-old pimply-faced kid, what are you going to do about it?
0: Right, you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, I'm going to go see this movie, and then I might say my car's parked on the other side and walk to another movie. You can't stop me.
1: That's right. I could fight seven of you.
0: <laughs> Eight, I'll, I'll be done, but seven, I got you <laughs> all.
1: So Eight, if you're back into a bathroom stall, you could get them one at a time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So I go to the line, and I'm looking behind the counter, and I don't see them out in display. Yeah. I see the bucket, like... Not the, the beetle, like the, the, the ship oh,
1: I bucket? To just bucket of popcorn with the Well, blue no, beetles.
0: there's a different... So there's a bunch of blue beetle merchandise, right? Um, Let me see if I could find the rest I of the stuff to mind. see if it's available, right?
1: Right. Okay.
0: So there's like your standard bucket?
1: There's a right? tin popcorn bucket, yeah. Right,
0: there's the tin popcorn bucket, and then there's a... There's a, a, a thuck up that looks like um, like a kind of like a Funko Poppy thing of the Blue Beetle,
1: right? Right. And then there's and a I strong, see, bad plush.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So I see those two things out on display, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking behind the counter. I'm looking to see if they have the, whatchamacallit, the the ship. And I don't see it out. And I go, hey, buddy. I go, um, I'm looking for the Blue Beetle ship, the bug ship. Uh, Do you guys have any left? And he went in the back and he checked. He's like, no, we don't got anything left. He goes, whatever we got is out here, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So they had, like, two of the popcorn tins and three of, like, the character cups. So the fact that they put those out for sale, like, two weeks before the movie came out, like, I don't know. Like, if this movie's a hit, people are going to be upset, you know?
1: Right. That's dirty pool. So now my question is to you. You ordered one off the Cinemark website. Yeah was there tax on it?
0: Uh like shipping. Like shipping was a little like shipping was like eight
1: bucks. All right, was it cuz I was wondering if they had a free shipping at number? No, they didn't. Cuz then if they were, then I was definitely going to tell you like, "Hey, get me like, you know, con- con- do, go into the Discord group and see who wants some here, you know what I mean? We could get yeah. the free shipping." But so that's why I'm glad that uh, uh because this was the year of, you know, a fiduciary frugality, but this, this when he had the 25 non-shipped right in front of me. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right. And he's like, and you're not going to flip it? And I'm like, I'm definitely not. Wink. You know what I mean? Oh, so.
0: boy. And then I guess, you know, obviously when you buy it there, they just give it to you. It'll be interesting to see how it comes shipped to me. Like, if it's going to be in its own special, like, collectors box.
1: I Over- asked him there was no collector box at Cinemark.
0: Right, but I wonder if you ordered it online there's like a separate, like, collectory box, but if it's just, like in a brown box with, like, I think a that's what bag. you're going to
1: get, you're going to get a brown box that yeah. might say Cinemark on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And they would send any of the products, like when they had Barbie or whatever, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, um, but, uh, you
0: know, I, I, I'm hoping to get a chance to go see it at my Dirt Theater on on Monday, because, you know, we got a very busy weekend this weekend, so. Yeah, would that be Monday after work? Um, Probably, yes
1: if I don't see it after work or after work, if I don't find anybody to go this weekend and you go Monday, I might go with you Monday. You know what I mean? Like I don't care about going to your down to your dirt mall or whatever, but yeah. dirt theater or whatever. But if I could find somebody beforehand, then I'm going to go to that. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Let's Let me look. Um, Cause I do want to see, it. I know we were talking off and on, about oh do you want and i'm like it's blue beetle there's a blue beetle bug in this how wh- how am i not seeing this even yeah. though i'm not even though i'm not a i'm not a big uh high like he he is my third favorite blue beetle but there's only three so <laughs> uh
0: so there's a six ten and a 720 i would probably be going to the 720
1: right i know your schedule but that would give me a chance to is your dirt theater down by the square Yes. Okay, because what's that – What's that? because there is a, a great restaurant there um, right off the square near the Kirby that they have like a bunch of – I always eat there. It's like two – if you're looking at the Kirby, it's like two or three buildings to the right. Rodano's. Yes, they have a great stromboli. I can go down there, eat, and then meet you.
0: Yeah,
1: I think – so I think these days they have weird hours – I'd figure it out. I mean, even if I don't go there, there's always something in Wilkes-Barre I want to go get. i go get IHOP before I come down. I don't know. Something.
0: Well, and again, you know, obviously we got to do a lot of planning because a lot of places are, like, not open, like, you know, normal hours these days, you know? Right. Like, I'm looking at Rodano's um, thing now. And the show's over, everybody, by the way. We're just kind of, like, they're closed on Mondays. But then they're oh. open, like, weird hours on Tuesday. Right. And then, like, they're only open to, like, 9 or 10 during the rest of the week, you know? Yeah,
1: well, that don't help me, because if we go, it would be a Monday. I mean, right. it, it was just a thing that I was thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, and it probably all fall apart anyway.
0: Yeah, well, again, I'll be going to the 7-whatever show by myself. I'm going to try to rope my family into coming with me, but I don't know if they want to go see it.
1: No, fun. I got you. Oh, that's true. If your family goes, I you, I don't no, I don't want to be your creepy uncle there going.
0: Come come with. It'll be one more person for April to shame for eating gummy candies.
1: Oh, do you know how much gummy candy I'll eat? Uh huh. If the if the monster cereal didn't push me over, the gummy candy will.
0: Exactly. Alright, so hopefully everyone gets a chance to go see Blue Beetle. Hopefully everybody's reading comic books. Um, having fun, living life, staying in trouble. Uh, this was episode 671 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying, see y'all next week.
1: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. The Rob is a long box hero. The Rob is a long box hero. He gives us five five stars.